Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry so you can do church better. I'm your co-host, Chris Wesley, joined by John Ronaldo. John, how's it going? It's great, man. My life is good. I'm enjoying the fall weather. Things are starting to cool down, and and uh, it's starting to feel like Halloween and Thanksgiving. Like I know it's still a ways away, but like I'm starting to feel that little chill in the air. And quite honestly, after three months of 100 degree weather here in Vegas, it's kind of a nice change. <laughs> you, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because it was like 95 degrees yesterday here in Baltimore, um, the day before we record this. And now it's dropped into the 60s and, um, you know, in the low 50s, upper 40s at night. So definitely that fall feel. I love when people, um, you know, are making like uh fires or in their fire pit in the backyard or, you know, uh, you know, making a fire in their chimney and stuff. And you can smell those false smells, right? Um, you know, a lot of people like the pumpkin spice smell. I like the kind of fall leaves and, and um, you know, fireplace sort of smell. Nice. That's, that's what I enjoy the most. And so that's uh, what I love about this time of year. I love this time of year. Um, what I also love about this time of year is in ministry world, I feel, I don't know if our listeners agree, but this is where like everything starts to hit a rhythm, right? So um, programs have kicked off, um, you know, uh, people are back from the summer, you know, everyone's in school. So people have found their routines and it might be hectic or crazy, but at least they know where they are. And this is the time of year where now that all the dust is settled from launching a program, I'm kind of like, okay, where are my needs? Like, what do I need to tweak? What do I need to adjust and everything? And uh, so, you know, for me personally, I'll just get personal here. Um, um, we have plenty of small group leaders, but we need men and women who are going to, um, you know, help with serving food to, you know, uh, setting up and cleaning up. So if you live in the Baltimore area and don't have a church and want to get involved in youth ministry at St. Joe's, you know, uh, shoot me a, a message. No, but uh, in all seriousness, there's that. But then, you know, the other day, um, uh, a couple of our high school students, um, uh, um, were asking me about a basketball um, rim, um, a basketball hoop, because our middle school program meets in the gym at the same time as our high school program, which meets in our fellowship space. Um, the gym is awesome because it has a basketball hoop. Our fellowship space is awesome because it's just this cool environment, but there's no basketball. So some of the high school students were asking about that. And so I was talking to our business manager about, you know, whether or not we could uh, afford a bath hoop. And, you know, we're going to look at some uh, money and, and, and things like that. But it made me wonder, like, what's the worst if I don't have a basketball hoop, right? Can I still do ministry if I don't have the resources? And I know people are like, Chris, where are you getting at? And this is, again, a long way of getting to our topic today. But the big question that John and I are going to discuss, and we're actually going to discuss because I don't know if we're on the same page about it, is do, does your parish have enough resources to do ministry effectively? Because... And this is the last thing I'll say, and I'll let John jump in, because I know a lot of people who one of their pet peeves is hearing other people in ministry complain about not having enough resources when we believe that God provides. And then at the same time, there are people who like look at the church down the street who have 10 more resources than they do and wonder like, well, when am I going to get mine? You know, and is that fair? And is that just, and we're not just talking about tangible resources. We're going to talk about, you know, Salary, benefits, things like that. Um, not specifically, but in that line. So this is where I'm going to be quiet. John, thoughts on the subject? Well, do we have enough resources? The answer is always no. Okay, we can just end the podcast there. How about that, Chris? Uh, the answer is always no, just because there's always more that we can do, right, Chris? I mean, mm -hmm. 
And there's always more that we want to do. And as a matter of fact, that's actually what I want leaders in the church to be thinking. Like, I always want all of you listening to to constantly think, what more can we do? What more can we do? And to constantly keep dreaming of what's possible. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to do all of it tomorrow. That's not the intention. But I think we constantly need to be reevaluating, reinventing, renewing, dreaming about what could be. The reality is I think every single one of us could say there's absolutely not enough resources for us to move forward or to do the ministry that we want to do. Uh, and, and so I, I think there's a couple things to kind of think about. First of all, if you're constantly going and looking, Chris, using your example, looking at other churches in your neighborhood, and seeing what they have versus what you don't have. What I'm worried about is that you don't, you, you as a leader don't have an abundance mindset, right? Um, which is an attitude thing, but also there's a little bit of envy going on there potentially, right? Which of course yeah. we know in the church, that's never a good thing, right? You know, in terms of being envious of what others have, you know? And so that's a scarcity mindset. It's like, if you're constantly, constantly thinking, Oh, I I don't have the resource to do this. I don't have the resource to do that. That's a scarcity mindset. And, and Chris, this is what you and I were talking about briefly before the show started is, is are we using that response as an excuse for not doing better ministry or more ministry or just doing ministry at a higher level? I think sometimes we do. I would honestly say I myself have used that answer. I don't have the resources as an excuse to do better ministry or to not do better ministry. Uh, and so that's one of the challenges I have for us is, is, and this is what I want to kind of break down today is, is kind of the attitude or disposition you have towards it, scarcity versus abundance. Envy, I think, is a question. I wasn't thinking about that until you, you brought that up, Chris, you know. Uh, but, then, but then how do we go about dreaming and moving forward and then even asking for the resources that we have? I mean, I think that's kind of be, begins to flush out a little bit where we want to go with today's episode. Yeah, yeah. And it's a hard thing to discern, right? Because, like, I know personally if, um, if I say I don't have enough resources, whether or not I'm making that a, an excuse, you know, or at least like I can come to that conclusion eventually. Am I making that an excuse that I don't have enough resources or not? But I think we have to be careful about how we respond to others who say that because, you know, uh, I'll just use myself as an example. When I worked at Church of Nativity, I, I could always use more resources, but I definitely had a bountiful amount of them, right? And what was hard for me I remember this starting marathon youth ministry where I had a budget where I could do coaching or professional development. Um, it was very confusing at first to meet hundreds of other youth ministers who couldn't afford what I was trying to offer. Right. And they said, I didn't have the right resources. And at first I, it was a little arrogant. I was like, you know, well, you're just not allocating your resources properly. You're not asking and things like that. But then after a while it was like, no, they, literally just don't have the resources to get the professional development that uh, they a either deserve or, or, or be like um, they desire. And so um, it, we have to be careful because there are parishes um, just like there are people in life, the haves and the haves nots, the people who have privilege and, and whether that's because your parish is in a suburban area, which um, traditionally might have more money than an urban or a rural area, depending, or, you know, that there are more, you know, um, people because you live in a, a sprawling growing area. Um, I think we have to really, when we hear that uh, response of, I don't have enough resources, 
like take a moment to pause. And, and I think the first question, John, is if we're the ones saying this, like I don't have enough resources asking, okay, if I don't have enough resources, am I using that as an excuse to do what God's calling me to do? Or, um, and, and like, if that's the truth, then how am I going to address that? Like, how am I going to make that happen? Um, I, yeah. And I think that's a starting point, Chris. And so if, if you have, if you are in the midst of using that statement, which I think if we're all honest, we've all used that statement, because I've already admitted that I have, you know, that we don't have enough resources, then I think it's a great time to sit down uh, and evaluate and kind of think that through a little bit and, and lift that up to God. Because I think the reality is uh, that you know, when we have a scarcity mindset, uh, I think we kind of sometimes forget that God can provide. Um, now, sometimes God's not going to provide money or volunteers or, or, you know, more books or a youth room or something like that right away necessarily, you know, but that, that God can give us peace of mind. Uh, and I think that's really the first step is to sit back and lift that, that comment, that attitude uh, to prayer, lift that up to God and, and kind of get the wisdom from God and sit and listen um, it, come from a spiritual meditative point of view. It's like, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me in this moment? As I, as I constantly keep saying, I don't have enough resources. I don't have enough resources. What, what is it that you want me to learn? What's the takeaway? What is it? I think first and foremost, I want to start from a spiritual spirituality, a prayer, prayer bent with this and like really lift that up. And then genuinely pray to God for two things, for, for the resources that you need, but also for that change of attitude um, to move to this idea of an abundance mindset uh, versus a scarcity mindset. And for me, that would be the real, the real first step um, that, that quite honestly, I haven't done well in the past. And I think the older I get, the more I'm starting to realize I've got to do that. I, I can't tell you how many times, Chris, that I've, I've been up at night and I can't fall asleep because I'm thinking about something in ministry that I have to do uh, that's coming up and, and it's weighing on me. Mm. And sometimes in the middle of the night, the furthest thing from my mind is to lift it up to God. Well, when I finally recognize it after 30 minutes, 60 minutes, two hours of not being able to sleep, I go, I should really pray and lift this up to God. It is amazing that when I do that, especially in the darkness of my room in bed at night with the quiet, how quickly my, my energy is released from it and how quickly I go back to sleep, quite honestly. But it's only because of that release to God that I'm able to do that. So I think that's really the first step. And it's something I've really benefited from and continue to, to try to harness in my own life. Definitely. Definitely. And, and, and yeah, I think prayer is key. And uh, I've even felt like more that my prayer life is healthy. Right. And I'm finding those moments of silence when I'm listening to God, um, that the, that obstacle of not having enough resources or time or whatever it might be. Um, God does provide in those opportunities, even if it's just clarity of how to troubleshoot, how to, you know, make my way through this weekend or, you know, through another event. So yeah, don't underestimate the power of prayer. I think that is important. Um, the second step that I would say, and this is kind of where, um, I get really irked by the conversation of, do I have enough resources? And people are like, well, of course you do. Don't make it an excuse to, to what you're doing is I do think um, there are churches or uh, places where they do have the capacity, um, there is the potential to have a higher budget, to have more volunteers, to have more resources. 
Um, but people are afraid to tap into that or people are afraid to ask about that. And, and I'm going to tend to swing more towards the, I believe churches can do more and give more um, and provide more than they actually do. That's just where I am because I feel like we're so far behind. But the way, the, the, the way to approach that area after prayer, after getting clarity from God, what is it he's calling you to do? Um, how is it going to get done? Is you, you have to do the research. You have to know your community. You have to know your audience, right? So like, I know I'm not going to ask for more money, whether it's a salary or a budget. If, if I'm in a parish where demographically around people are making X amount of money and we're kind of at that capacity, like, you know, looking at the percentage of tithing versus parishioners and the median uh, household income and things like that. And knowing to myself, okay, people might not be able to give more financially, but maybe they can give more with their time, right? Or maybe they have talents or other ways that they can give in that regards. Um, or where I am now, like in a parish that is in a highly affluent community, for me, I'm not afraid to ask for more um, or to challenge people on more because I know the potential of giving. I know how much people can provide and everything like that. And so um, even though I have enough resources because I'm in an affluent area to do ministry, I know we can do more um, because we, we've hardly tapped it and it's that dissatisfaction. But the only reason I, I, I'm confident in that dissatisfaction and I'm confident to ask for more is because I've done the research, like what are our demographics look like? How many parishioners do we have? What are people driving and doing with their time? Where do they spend most of their time? And that helps me navigate the way that I need to do ministry. It, that's about intentionality, right, Chris? Yeah. That's, that's mm -hmm. coming. You're not just bursting into your pastor's office and saying, I need more money. Right. And your pastor's like, for what? He's like, and then you're like, for ministry. Well, that's not good enough, obviously. Right, right, I'm right. being overly dramatic. But but oftentimes, I feel like that's what we do. And, and again, I know I've done that, right? Where I'm like, I, we need this. You know, I think this type of intentionality and thoughtfulness, Chris, that you describe, I think is very important that, okay, once you do the spiritual part, sit down and start thinking about the plan, right? Okay, so you need more volunteers or you need this XYZ resources or you need a little bit more budget. Okay, you need to answer the why question first. Why is that? You know, and then and then you start building a plan ar around it. And, and, and so you almost treat it as like a proposal. So you don't just go in willy-nilly asking for more resources, whether, it, whether you're standing at the pulpit at mass or whether you're in a meeting with your pastor or whether you're talking to a group of volunteers, regardless of who the audience is, it requires some intentionality and thoughtful, uh, thoughtful thinking on your part in terms of what's the plan? How are we going to move from A to B to C? And then what are the resources that I need to get from A to B and then B to C? And then let me ask for those resources. I, I, I think sometimes we just ask for resources without thinking about how we're going to get to B. Because oftentimes what happens, we end up asking for the resources that really is not going to move us in the direction that we want to. Uh, and so I, I want more thoughtful reflection about what the plan is. And I think we all need to do that more. And I think a pastor, a leader, I think volunteers in ministry are going to be much more um, supportive of your plans if you have a if you have a plan, right? If you have a thoughtful projection of how we're going to move to this next level. I admit, especially early in my ministry career, I was not very thoughtful about that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I've learned to be much more thoughtful. And the only reason that I've gotten some of the resources that I've been able to get over the years is because I was able to present a strong case to the parish community, to my pastor, to whoever it may be. 
And when I present a strong case, they have no choice but to say yes. You know, maybe it's, it's, it's negotiated a little bit. Maybe I'm asking for, you know, something that I, the church really can't give, but maybe you can give half that. Okay, so it's a negotiation. But I presented a strong case and a plan that I think is really in, uh, important. So, so after prayer, come up with a plan and think through it. I think this is something that we don't do well as church sometimes. I think we just, every year we keep repeating the same thing we've always done. And yep. that could be a whole yep. other podcast yeah. episode. Yeah. And, and I think in, in addition, I like the idea of a plan. In addition to the plan, we have to know the cost. And not just the cost of acquiring that resource, but the, the cost that comes with having that resource, right? So like for me, um, and I'm sure mo- most people feel like this, if we could hire another youth minister, right? Like I think to myself, oh, I have someone else to help me do this would be so much easier. But what that does is the cost to that, besides the salary and the benefits to that person, is if I'm managing that person, managing another person takes time, right? It takes effort. It's not like this person all of a sudden is going to sweep up all this responsibility for me and I'm going to have all this free time. They're going to extend my capacity, but there is that cost of managing that person. I'm going to be able to do more, but I'm also going to have to do different things as well. Um, You know, uh, I remember for a long time, um, and I still do want like just designated youth space, right? I know by my own youth space, I don't have to worry about sharing it, that, that I can just leave it as it is. But then what's the cost? Well, the cost, um, there's the tangible ones of paying for the HVAC and the electric and all that kind of stuff. But then there's also like, who's going to keep it clean? Who's going to maintain it? Who's going to make sure that it's updated? Who's going to make sure they do the, uh, you know, um, make sure that it, it stays relevant. And so, you know, we might want these resources um, and God is maybe saying no, because he knows that we don't have the other resources to support that yet. Right. Um, And so um, for us, it's not just figuring out a plan of why we need those things and how to acquire those things, but it's a plan of like, okay, now that you have a, a new computer, now that you have a new space, now that you have a coworker in your area, how are those things being cared for and managed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's the detail that, that I certainly was not aware of until I kind of moved up uh, in my leadership in the church, understanding that office space and technology and printers and computers and, and energy and all those things add up, you know? And so, you know, you have a, a, you know, $45,000 salary for a person. Since since we're talking personnel here, you're talking about that for a little bit. Let's just talk about that briefly. $45,000 is not the full cost, right? right? Typically you're adding 12 to 15% just to add on all the benefits. So you add, a, so add another 15% to that. Then you need to take a look at office space. Then you think it took technology. So all of a sudden a $45,000 salaried person uh, is really honestly going to cost you probably closer to 60, 65 $70,000 when you put in all the costs, right? And those are the details that we don't think about. Look, this is not a, a, a personnel podcast episode that we're not going to go into that per se. But I think that type of detail work is where we as leaders in the church need to spend more time thinking through the plan and come up with an action plan. Uh, and this is what I do, for instance, with my students at Santa Clara University. 
the final project that I have them do is in light of all the things that we've been learning, you know, with all the research and everything like that, I say, okay, I want you to come up with a proposal. They have to write a 10 to 12 page paper that, that is more like an action plan, a proposal. Mm-hmm. And then they have to do a slide deck with it and a, and a, a, a presentation at the, at the last class for it. And I said, treat this as like you want to present this to your pastor or whoever your boss is as, as, as a project, as something you want to do and think about it in terms of an action plan. Uh, and so in my class, that's what I'm trying to teach them to do um, because I, I can't grade them whether they actually implement it or not. Um, but I can help them come up with right. a strong proposal and action plan that they can present in light of what we've been learning about discipleship and evangelization and what church is looking like in the 21st century. I think that's important. Yeah. I think that's a skill we need to learn. And when you're going to ask for resources, you need to think through all of those details and have that detailed action plan. Definitely. Definitely. No. And, and that's true. That's true. And we're not saying like now people like don't ask for resources because it's going to cause you more worry and stress or, you know, to go through that stuff. But I mean, like, it, it's just important to think about that. Now let's just cross that. Um, let, let's just say like, uh, you know, let's just say that we're asking for resources that we don't really need. Right. Um, going back to uh, one of the original arguments where, you know, we can say, I don't have enough resources as an excuse to hold us back from ministry. I think the reason we also make that comment is because we're not sure cost to do ministry, right? Like what resources do you absolutely need to do ministry? Well, I mean, obviously there's God <laughs> and everything that comes with him that, you know, the power of the Holy spirit, you know, the example of Christ and, and so forth and so forth and so forth. Right. So that's definitely, if you don't have Jesus Christ, if you don't have God in your ministry, then you're going to fail. Right. So that's just, um, that's just a given. The second part is like, in order to do ministry, you need people. Right. And sometimes people cost money. If you're going to ask them to make this a full-time job, if you're going to, you know, designate um, specific time if you're going to support them in different ways and everything like that. But like people will also do things for free or people will do things out of the generosity of their heart and everything like that. Um, I've always found if I don't have like the tangible thing to do what I wanted to do is that I need to look at people. I need to look at the people God has blessed me with. So anytime you feel like I don't have enough resources, look at the people around you and invite them to share that burden, invite them to share ownership of that problem because they will have solutions, they will have ideas that um, will help you solve that problem um, uh, for, um, you know, for your ministry. So I think a, a necessity uh, resource that we need to have is people, not necessarily employees, but one of the things that we as directors, coordinators, people who work in, in, in ministry um, need to do is uh, learn how to invite people to be a part of the vision and mission God has given us. Yeah, I have, a, I have a good friend who's heavily involved in church uh, for many years, has helped out in lots of different things. And, and he constantly t- would tell me all the time, he's like, why don't we just ask people for these resources instead of trying mm-hmm. to budget or trying to figure out how to do it? Why don't we just ask? Like, we've got people who are skilled in carpentry. We've got people, and we spend a lot of time talking about some of the maintenance issues that we've had in the parish, right? You know, we've got people who are skilled in that. Why don't we just ask them? And, and you're right, Chris, that's, for, for some reason, that's not in our mindset. Uh, and I just think that's interesting. And so my friend, Ricky, who always, did, you know, always challenges me on that, I've always appreciated that. I think lastly, Chris, I want to talk briefly about what if the answer is no? 
Mm. Right. Well, you know, from, whether it's from God or from your boss or your people, um, you know, what do you do in response of, of you ask for resources and the answer is just bluntly no and there's nothing you can do about it. Look, you can go and, you know, cry and moan and, you know, be upset about it uh, or you can move on. Um, you know, Chris, as you were talking about at the beginning, that you're very creative and resourceful, right? And I think that's a skill that we as ministers need because sometimes there are a lack of resources. This goes back again to the attitude thing. It's like, don't let a no answer uh, stop you from growing and learning and, and, and creating the plans and moving forward and like that. It's now it's time to be creative and innovative. And so you, you got to maintain a real positive attitude about these things and say, okay, the answer is no. The answer is always no, not forever, but just for now. The answer is no for now. Maybe six months from now that will change. You, see, you can always revisit that. But, but I think then you still have to move forward. And I, I think the worst thing you can do is, is sit there and wallow in your, your sadness. Like, I didn't get what I wanted. Well, that doesn't help anybody. And that's like the worst thing in the world. And I don't want to hang out with people who act like that. Uh, Chris, I'm pretty sure that's true for you. So, uh, uh-oh, he, Chris no, is pointing this, fingers so at me. <laughs> this, is, this is where I think we maybe see a little bit differently, maybe not. Um, and maybe this is all semantics, but all right. So, um, yeah, if God says no, I think that comes down to faith and a level of trust with God, right? We, we have to believe that. But uh, if a person, like whether it's your pastor or your supervisor says no, um, I agree that we shouldn't wallow in that and say like, this is an injustice or unfair. But to move on, I think we have to be clear, what does that look like, right? Because there is, if your pastor says no, there's the obedience of responding to that and saying, okay, I trust that my pastor has wisdom on this and I'm going to move on. But this goes back to what I was saying before, do your research, right? And that's not a meaning don't trust your pastor, just do your research so you know, right? But at the same time in scripture, you know, we have the story of the persistent widow who begged for justice to be done. And the, you know, um, the corrupt judge said, just to get this woman off my back, I'm going to give her justice, right? So, Again, it comes back to knowing the research. So, you know, for example, let's just say your parish is in a tight budget year. Going to your pastor and saying, like, I want a pay increase or I want to hire this or acquire this. And he says, no. Yes, there's a little bit of like, maybe it's a no, not now. Uh, or maybe it's a no now, but not forever, right? But if you are in a surplus or if you know that like, Hey, they just, um, you know, redid the kitchen in the rectory or something like that. And you go and say, I'd like a pay increase or to acquire this or, or that. And they say, no, that's where you, now this isn't where you say like, well, you just built a new kitchen, you know, like that's, that's not what I'm saying, but this is where you, um, ask the question of like, um, you know, like, hey, uh, um, uh, I appreciate your answer and everything like that. Uh, just maybe a little bit of insight. Is this just a not a good time to ask for this? Or is, you know, this something that, um, you know, uh, we haven't budgeted for? Um, I just don't want to be insensitive with this ask. And if hopefully they'll give you a truthful answer in that. And that's where then you can have a dialogue. They might say like, you know, oh, we just don't see the value of, of 
you know, buying this resource. That's where you have to be prepared to say, well, let me tell you the, the value. Here's the return on the investment that you make. If we hire another person, you know, this and this will happen. Or if you're asking for a pay raise, you don't say, oh, it's because my wife's pregnant or we're buying a house or something like that. No, no, no. What you do say is like, okay, I understand that. But I, I just want to let you know that since I've been here, um, I've been able to do this, achieve this and do that and everything like that. And um, I want to continue to grow here in this parish. And, and so um, I'm ask, just asking for a raise uh, because, uh, you know, because of the value of my work and the weight of my work. Um, and it's, it might sound, even as I'm giving this example, I'm like, I feel funny saying that. But, you know, you say that it's okay to say this is my value. This is my work because then at least your pastor then will hear or your supervisor will hear like, hey, he's not or she's not feeling valued. So they might not come back and say like, oh, here's a salary increase. But they might say like, hey, listen, I know we can't give you a raise this year, but, um, you know, why don't you take another week of vacation or, you know, um, here's, uh, here's gift cards or, or some, whatever it might be. Um, uh, to, to make up for that. And, and so what you're doing is you're communicating the, the worth and the cost and the value of that. So that's why I was kind of shaking my finger at John is like, don't <laughs> move on right away. Yeah. Well, don't. so, so I am, I am in agreement with you because I think you need to evaluate then your, your quote unquote presentation about the resources that you're asking for. And did you do your due diligence? Right. And mm -hmm. so this goes back to what we were talking about before. Do your due diligence and do it well, prepare well, a pastor, a leader, volunteers are more likely to say yes when they understand the full scope of what it is you're trying to do. They're more likely to. Now, they won't guarantee it. You know, so, so I think you need to evaluate. I do agree that you can continue to push, but within reason. You know, that's why I said it's always for now. There's nothing stopping you from coming back and presenting the same thing three months from now or six months from now or a year from now, too. Uh, you know, and so I, I never, I, I am not at all a proponent of saying you shelve it and you don't, uh, you never bring it up again. Of course not. That's not it at all. However, we, we've got to learn, you know, that sometimes the answer is still going to be no, even if you're, even if you have the most well-researched plan, the answer may still be no for lots of different reasons. Uh, and, and I'm more interested about how we react to that no. Um, and I think that's essential, right? And so that's why I went to the whole attitude thing, that, you know, don't go the woe is me type of mentality. You know, it's like you move on, get creative, think differently about it. But yes, revisit, right? So I think we're, I, Chris, I think we're in total agreement. So even though you wagged your finger at me yeah, a little bit, yeah. so. <laughs> no, no, but I think we're, we're totally in agreement. Um, well, but again, for me, it's a lot about attitude and disposition. Now, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I have gotten a lot of things I've gotten simply because I've asked. Now, there are many people in ministry who never ask, right. right? And I have had people come up to me who have been in ministry a lot longer than me and say, how did you get that? I just asked. And, and part of the issue is people aren't willing to ask. And that could be a whole other episode that I don't want to get into as well. But I have gotten a lot of I wanted because I've asked. Now, I had a thoughtful plan and proposal for it, but I asked. And sometimes simply because I asked, I got what I wanted. Well, and, and I think that's exactly a great point and a good point to, to wrap up on is don't be afraid to ask. Like, don't be afraid of the response. Don't assume that it's going to be a no. Ask, be okay with the no, have a good attitude about it, bring it to God, and God's going to give you a plan to move forward. Um, and so, yeah.
it's it's a tough subject, but yeah, are you do you have enough resources? Probably not. We're always you know working from behind, but uh, can you get more resources? Yes, you can. Is it in the way that you want it? Not always. And so um, I think we have to just be flexible, adaptable, and creative. And and that's one of the beauties of the church, right? From its inception, the church has always been adaptive, creative, and you know willing to like just pursue uh, God's ultimate plan. And 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 so. I think that's what we have to encourage ourselves to do. And, and that's what John, uh, you know, helps churches do with Parish Success Group. That's what I help um, with Marathon Youth Ministry. And so, you know, if you need help in those areas, reach out to John at the uh, parishsuccessgroup.com. Um, John, what are other ways people can reach out to you? I have Twitter uh, and other social media. It's at John Ronaldo. I love getting conversations there, but all my information is on parishsuccessgroup.com. So if you want to email me or call me, we can definitely connect and talk about some of this stuff. Awesome. And you can find me at MarathonYouthMinistry.com. Uh, find me also on social media, Marathon Youth Ministry. But also you can reach out to us at thechurchpodcast.org, thechurchpodcast.org, or listen to us on iTunes and leave those reviews. We want to thank everyone who has left a review so far. Um, it has been awesome to hear from you guys and to know the different things that are going on. So please uh, leave those reviews there. We want to know how we're doing. Um, and if you feel like we need more resources to do our job, then, you know, like, let us know, uh, we'll, we'll figure that out. But anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for being a part of this episode. Uh, John, as we close, uh, will you close us in prayer, please? Absolutely. In the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. God of abundance, thank you for the gift of our ministry. Thank you for providing everything that you've already provided for us in our ministry. I think we need to continually recognize all the blessings that you have given us, allowing us to do the ministry that we do. Lord, we pray that uh, you know you you give us the the, the clear mind uh, to ask for resources from both you and also those in our parish community when we need it, to have a good attitude around what it is that we do, and and to to understand and be okay when sometimes the answer may be no. And so, Lord, continue to bless each and every one of us. May we be brave in the way that we 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 do ministry for you in terms of how we change and how we grow on how we're intentional about the work that we do all so that people can come to know you more and more fully so lord we lift up this podcast we lift up every single one of us that are listening um, to this episode lord just continue to bless their ministry and the work that they do in your name we pray amen in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen